0: From C.O.K. Studios in Mary Louise Kelly's credenza, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. On today's show, we'll be taking a look back at some of our best moments from 2020. It was a terrible year, and we're glad it's over, but that doesn't mean we still can't look back at some of C.O.K.'s finest stories from that terrible, terrible year. Stay with us.
1: Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the January Foundation, encouraging people to finally realize that January is the worst month of the year and it's no time to try to diet or exercise because it's cold and dark and what you really need is a drink. Visit janfound.org to request some free cake and a bottle of tequila. And a gift card to OMG McFlippies I got for Christmas from my grandma that we'll use to take the staff out for lunch.
0: This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley.
2: And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow.
0: Last week, after criticism over his administration's response to the coronavirus outbreak, President Trump called a press conference and named Vice President Mike Pence, who oversaw the increase of AIDS in Indiana, as the new coronavirus czar. Pence announced that the U.S. would elevate an advisory to Americans to not travel to highly affected parts of Italy and South Korea.
2: Labs across the United States are ramping up their ability to test for the coronavirus, and public health officials are anxiously awaiting results that could start to reveal its secret movements around the country. While the virus is spreading in the U.S., the general threat to most Americans remains low.
0: That is not true in China, South Korea, Italy, and Iran, however. Those countries have seen far larger outbreaks, and the prevalence of the disease has caused stocks from around the globe to plummet. In the studio with us is handsome financial reporter Chris Rydell, host of the show Stocks and Things. Chris, what can you tell us about the massive effect the coronavirus is having on the world economy?
3: It's pretty crazy, Connor. I didn't think numbers could go that low. Like, seriously, I bet they've never been this low, probably.
0: Really? What about, like, the 2008 recession or the Great Depression?
3: I mean, yeah, those were pretty bad, too, I guess. Uh, Honestly, though, I wasn't there, so I can't say for sure. Let's just uh, agree to disagree on that. Fair enough. What can we expect as this goes on in the next few weeks? i guess more bad stuff, uh, unless they can find a cure real soon or something. Have they they found a cure? Please tell me there's a cure. Uh, No, there's no vaccine yet. Oh, bummer. Uh, Then yeah, still pretty bad for the market. Uh, Just look at the line on my little stock app. It's so sad. It just keeps going down. See? Do you see how sad it is, Connor?
0: Yeah, is there anything more specific you can tell us? Uh, About what? Uh, what effect the coronavirus will have on the world stock market over the next few weeks.
3: Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, you have companies worried about their supply chains, meaning they're not sure where they're going to get the parts they need. There are places in China and Italy where whole cities and towns are under lockdown, which means no economic activity will take place. So you're seeing what always happens when investors get scared about the future. They're selling stock. This epidemic is different than a 9-11 or the 2011 Japanese tsunami because it's difficult to see the end of it and how the market will ultimately react when everything is all said and done. Wow, Chris, that was really insightful. Really? Awesome. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, it's just what my little app said under the news tab. I never even noticed that until today. That's,
0: that's awesome. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I'm glad that I could help. That was handsome financial reporter Chris Rydell. Welcome back to Public Radio's Finest Parody. The COK team has been off the last few weeks as the nation confronts the deadliest pandemic since the Spanish flu of 1918. Now that our intern Ryan has helped us figure out Zoom, we plan to be back with our show on a regular basis, even though we will be recording remotely from our homes.
2: A lot has changed since our last episode. Since the first coronavirus case was confirmed in the United States on January 21st, Over a half million people in the U.S. have confirmed cases of COVID-19. In the last week, the U.S. became the nation with the most deaths globally. But there are early signs that the U.S. case and death rates may be leveling off as the growth of new cases and deaths plateaus.
0: Due to the shutdown necessitated by the pandemic, across the country millions of people are either out of work or working a lot less especially in service jobs that make up a massive share of the U.S. economy. It has created a fraught situation as President Trump and his administration struggle to deal with the delicacy of reopening the economy while still maintaining the social distancing rules that have helped flatten the curve.
2: Because we've all been off the past month and working from home, we thought it would be good to check in with a few members of the COK team and their respective beats to see how the virus has affected them. First, we'll chat with Consider Your Health reporter, Alex Truman, who has been monitoring the virus's global spread from her germ-free bunker that
4: is in an undisclosed location.
0: How are you holding up, Alex?
4: Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm resisting the urge to send I told you so emails to everyone working in the U.S. government not named Anthony Fauci, because a good deal of what we're facing could have been avoided.
0: Agreed. You definitely warned us on our last new episode of The Dangers of COVID-19.
4: Indeed I did. Are you lonely down there? Oh no, I'm a bit of a homebody by nature. It might have something to do with the fact that I lived in a plastic bubble until I was nine. I've been doing my word jumbles and catching up on a lot of shows.
0: Did you watch Tiger King yet?
4: Oh, sadly, no. My cat hair and dander allergies are so severe that I can't even look at images of cats without sneezing uncontrollably. I have read about the show, though, and it sounds very strange. (laughs) It it really is. I will say that even though it's not been too bad for me, I might have overpurchased some items for my lengthy stay in my subterranean lair.
0: Oh yeah? Like what?
4: Three gross of canned Kling peaches. Might have been a little too much. I also realized that I went way too overboard when buying up toilet paper. Seriously? How much have you got?
2: I'm almost out and there's none to be had anywhere. I sent our intern Ryan out to get
4: me some, but he hasn't come back yet. Oh, I've got enough for an army. I wish I could give you some, but I can't risk catching the virus. So my location must remain a secret. I'm sorry, Dinah. It turns out I'm a much more efficient wiper than I thought I was. Good
0: for you, Alex. What health news can you give us?
4: The biggest news I have right now is to listen to the experts. That is the only way we're going to get through this. Anthony Fauci knows his stuff. So, please take what he says seriously. On a side note, I am the one who started the petition to have People Magazine name Dr. Fauci as the sexiest man alive. Really? Oh, yes. Thanks to this crisis, he's moved up but to number one on my DILF list. DILF? Oh, that's doctors I'd like to. I fuck. think we
0: get it. Thanks for that report, Alex. Stay healthy down there.
4: Oh, you know I will.
0: I'm back from the store, Miss Mallow. They didn't have any toilet paper or Kleenex or paper towels. I'm so sorry.
2: Great, Ryan. What am I supposed to use? Uh, 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 Don't worry. I got you some things that can be used instead of toilet paper in emergency.
0: I got some gauze, some cheesecloth, a couple of Brillo pads, a Swiffer wet jet. It's basically like a bidet and uh, one of those sponges that's shaped like a smiley face. It's a little bathroom kit.
4: Oh,
2: thank you, Ryan. Uh,
0: You're welcome. Well, whatever we pay you, it isn't enough. But you don't pay me anything. Moving on, let's check in with our LGBT correspondent, Trevin Motley. Trevin has not been in contact with us for a while, so it'll be interesting to see how he's holding up. Hey guys, Trevin here.
2: How are you doing, Trevin?
5: I'm fab, Dinah. This little quarantine or whatever has been seriously amazing. I might never return to real life. I almost didn't call in because I'm having so much fun. Seriously? I've been quarantining at my friend Giorgio's mansion for the past three weeks. It's so nice. I actually came here for a party three weeks ago and just decided to stay after things got crazy with the virus. Don't tell Giorgio this. But I lied and said I had to stay here indefinitely because my aunt's immunocompromised. She's not. She's like Keith Richards. <laughs> It'll take a nuclear bomb to kill that bitch.
2: Well, so what have you been doing?
5: Well, there's me and several other hot men staying here. Most days, we just sit around the pool and watch Netflix. It's so nice. Ah, uh, guess who's here and who's been cooking for us? Anthony Porowski from Queer Eye. He's such a doll. If there's two things I've learned during this pandemic, it's that Anthony is gonna marry me, just doesn't know it yet, and Carol Baskin totally murdered her <laughs> husband.
0: Wow, Trevin, that sounds like a lavish time. You're one of the lucky ones.
5: You don't need to tell me. I don't even care if we run out of toilet paper because Anthony's guacamole has pepitas in it and they make you super regular. Did you know
2: that, Connor?
0: No, but I do know that we were counting on a report from you on how Bernie Sanders and LGBT progressives are rallying around Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee. Yeah, I started it, but it's not done. Can I email you in like a week or
5: two? It's really interesting, though. For reals, for reals, like, yeah. I'd love to stay in chat, but I have to go now. Anthony is showing us how to tie the perfect neck scarf.
2: That was LGBT correspondent Trevin Motley. For more COVID-19 updates, visit considerourknowledge.com.
0: You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to summer reading. Our resident librarian and storyteller, Lynn Ruffle, is back with us to talk about her top picks in this latest installment of our Book Look series. Joining her today is her sister and award-winning children's author, Carrie Ruffle. Glad to have you back.
2: Hi, Connor. Hello.
0: I hope that you two have been doing well during the quarantine.
2: Yes, I actually contracted the virus while I was stuck on board the Royal Princess cruise ship in February, Connor. Thankfully, I was asymptomatic. Some of my librarian friends on the cruise weren't as lucky as I was, however. Everyone is doing fine now, though. Even my former nemesis, Hortense Portnoy, has recovered well.
0: Former nemesis?
2: Yes. After my experience on the Royal Princess, I decided that life is too short and precious to hold on to grudges. So we had a long talk on Zoom and resolved our differences. Oh, that's nice. Yes, many a tear was shed. We're actually working on a new book together. It's a crossover of My Red Sunset Saga and her Dark Sunrise Saga. Our fan bases will be positively shocked by the melding of the two very distinct universes.
0: Yes, they sound very distinct. They
2: are. I'll be releasing a teaser chapter on my website, Ruffle Bookworks, next week. So, stay tuned for a very sensual, steamy, action-packed preview of Rendezvous at the Shores of Passion Cove, Book of the First of the Vampire Yearning Diaries, a red sunset, dark sunrise crossover. If you've read my other books and Hortenses, you'll know that everyone will be waiting for the epic rivalry between Duncan and Florian.
0: Yes, that will be very intense.
2: (laughs) You can say that again, Connor. With the library closed due to COVID-19, I've been hard at work on that book, as well as the latest Red Sunset Saga installment.
0: Oh, what's that one called?
2: Oh, I really shouldn't take up any more time talking about my own projects, especially since my sister is here, too.
0: Oh, it's okay. You can just tell us the title.
2: No, no, it's fine. Let's just get on to the segment.
0: Lynn, don't worry about it. We have the time to talk about it. The is- next
2: Red Sunset book will be called Siren Song of the Baron's Hunger. Wow. I know, right?
0: Carrie, what have you been working on during the quarantine?
2: I've been working on some new
1: books in my Jack Ruffle series.
0: Oh, yes. Jack Ruffle is your family dog that you and your brother, Kurt, have written children's books about. Remind us what kind of dog Jack Ruffle is. He's a pug. Of course. So let's talk about some of the books that our listeners should be looking at while they're stuck at home this summer.
2: This is a great summer to get some reading done. Carrie and I had a bet to see who can read more books.
1: We're basically shut-ins right now, so it's a good way to keep busy.
2: Indeed. My first pick is one that I hope will distract people from how bleak everything is right now. In fact, all of my picks are either vampire erotica or comedy. I just can't handle anything else right now. I'll just assume everyone listening is all set for their vampire erotica and recommend Me Talk Pretty One Day by David Sedaris. I thought, based on the title, it would be about someone who had trouble talking, but I discovered that it's a series of essays by a popular humorist.
0: Yes, David Sedaris is very popular and well-known to public radio audiences.
1: Funny, I'd never heard of him. You have to forgive her, Connor. She struggles with things that are popular. Must be why my books win awards in America and not Eastern Europe like Lynn's. Real mature, Carrie. I did enjoy this book, and I'd give it a very solid A-. My first pick is a classic for kids, Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. It was one of my favorites growing up. And I know that kids today will love that book just as much as I did.
0: Those are both great recommendations.
1: Except that Charlotte's Web is too sad, way too
2: sad, especially in the current climate. You know that kids are very fragile right now, and they won't be able to handle when Charlotte dies, Carrie. Spoiler alert, Lynn. Come on, it's a great book. Great for sending kids into a spiral of despair. You know what, Carrie? You're some
1: pig. Takes one to know one.
0: Now, now, I know your sisters, but can we keep this civil, please?
1: My next pick is another
2: hilarious read that really kept me from focusing on the state of the world. It's Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. Apparently, she's a television star of some renown, but alas, I do not watch or own a TV. Without that context, I'm sure I missed a good 60% of the humor, but the other 40 was so good that it didn't matter. B plus.
1: For tweens, I think a great series is the Series of Unfortunate Events books by Lemony Snicket. The three Baudelaire children are sent to live with the dastardly fortune hunter Count Olaf when their parents die in a fire, and that's just the beginning of their misfortunes. What are you, a monster?
2: Parents dying? Dastardly count? Unfortunate events? No, 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 Carrie. Find some happy books. They're really fun,
1: albeit a little morbid. I'm so sorry I brought her, Connor. I'm sorry my sister is such a big dull dud.
0: Now, before this gets out of hand, I think we should just call it good. For more of Lynn and Carrie's picks, visit rufflebookworks.com.
2: Or just tell your kids about horrible things, like the Holocaust. Either way.
1: Actually, a great, very important book for kids is Anne Frank, The Diary of a Young Girl. give it a rest, Carrie.
0: That was Book Look with Lynn and Carrie Ruffold. Now we turn to consider your health. Despite being locked in a germ-free, hyperbaric chamber in an undisclosed location since March, our own Alex Truman has been keeping tabs on the coronavirus situation. She's also been in contact with friends, family, and health experts via Zoom from her underground lair. She joins us now. How are you, Alex?
4: Oh, I'm fine, but I must say I'm getting a little bored. I do yearn for a change of scenery. Have you yearned at all during the pandemic, Cotter?
0: I suppose you could say I've yearned a little.
4: <sighs> I find myself yearning a lot these days. I yearned for a time when my worst medical danger was my toe dysplasia, severe nut allergy, asthma, eczema, or my chronic migraines. Oh, it seems as if I will be yearning for a while longer, since a large segment of the population seems to not be taking the virus seriously. Oh, alas, if people would just wear a mask.
0: You sound pretty wistful, Alex.
4: Oh, yes, I am full of whist and robin. I eat a lot of robin down here.
0: Well, I heard that you have a very special report for us today.
4: that I do. I have actually been doing a lot of great work down here for COK at some top medical journals. And despite being physically cut off from the world, I realized one of my greatest dreams last week.
0: Oh, that's exciting. What was it?
4: Oh, I was able to interview one of my heroes, and I will now present this COK-exclusive chat with the one and only Dr. Anthony Fauci.
0: Wow, that is impressive.
4: <laughs> you don't have to tell me. Without further ado, here is that interview. I can't believe that I am actually talking to the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious
6: Diseases. Believe it.
4: Oh, I already took two extra hits for my inhaler because I knew this would make me hyperventilate.
6: It's okay. Just breathe.
4: Ooh, it is such an honor to have you as my guest for Consider Your Health, Dr. Fauci.
6: Please, Alex, call me Anthony.
4: No, 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 no. I don't think I could do that. Okay. Uh, Dr. Fauci, you recently said that there could be a COVID-19 vaccine by the end of this year or by the start of 2021.
6: That's right, from everything we've seen now in the animal data, as well as the human data, we feel cautiously optimistic that we will have a vaccine by the end of this year, as we go into 2021. In contrast to the decades long search for an HIV vaccine, COVID-19 is more likely to respond to a vaccine, More than 250,000 people have already registered their interest in participating in clinical trials. I urge any Americans who are interested to sign up at coronaviruspreventionnetwork.org so that you can be part of the solution to this terrible scourge.
4: Oh, done and done. I signed up ages ago. I have participated in over 200 clinical trials in my life.
6: That's remarkable. (laughs)
4: Oh, 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 whoa. I cannot believe Dr. Fauci just said that I was remarkable.
6: I didn't say that, but thank you for your help.
4: Anything for the advancement of health sciences. Now, Dr. Fauci, why has it been so hard for Americans to wear masks?
6: Oh, because Donald Trump is a moron who has completely bungled this nation's COVID response? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I usually just say that in my head when I'm asked that question. Uh, forgive me. Uh, 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 there is, as you know, a bit of a pushback on authority, the American spirit of not wanting to be told what to do. So we just have to try and get a crisp, clear message to people that this is an important tool in our armamentarium. We can actually turn things around.
4: Oh, I love your optimism.
6: Thank you, Alex.
4: Ugh, oh, I'm i just so bummed because I wish I could have you sign my Anthony Fauci trading card.
6: <laughs> I don't think they have trading cards for infectious disease experts.
4: No, I made my own as a child. I have over 300. I even have one of your wife, bioethicist Christine Grady. Your card and my Stephen I. Cat's rookie card are the most valuable ones in my collection.
6: Wow. How about when all this is over, you come to the house for dinner?
4: That would be amazing. Ooh, any tall, dark, and handsome Fauci sons at home who like spunky, immunocompromised ladies? Uh,
6: No, I'm afraid not.
4: Oh, <laughs> How silly of me. I know you have three adult daughters.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed I do. As long as Trump doesn't kill us all, we'll, we'll definitely need to have you over.
4: Just so you can plan the menu, I am allergic to dairy, nuts, stowed fruits, gluten, uh, shellfish, eggs, soy, wheat, olives, tomatoes, garbanzo beans, uh, gelatin, uh, aspartame, sesame seeds.
0: That was some interview, Alex.
4: Wasn't it, though? It was the highlight of my year.
0: I'm really happy for you. That was Consider Your Health with Alex Truman and Dr. Anthony Fauci. That's all for this week's special 2020 retrospective episode of Consider Our Knowledge. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week from the best-looking news team in public radio. In the meantime, visit considerourknowledge.com for more news and stories. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at consider our know. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Natalie Thorpe, Marianne Wetzel, Jeremiah Knight, Hobart Willis, and Spencer Cannon. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor Bentley.